All right, guys, it is so loud. So loud. <laughs> uh, announce the voice. I get my. Sometimes I think like I'm like, uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, Bruce Buffer, I think it is. Bruce Buffer, you get ready to rumble. Get ready, right? <laughs> 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 Want to do that sometimes? Um, you might. You guys might be hearing a different voice today. Yeah. We got. We got Chef Ken in the building. Uh, is joining us today uh, for table number eight. Um, welcome, Ken. Hey, thank you. Thank you, We're guys. The for table. Me. Yes. Appreciate you guys. I gotta, I gotta say, I gotta start off with something though. Um, I know a lot. Like lately, we've been like talking about, oh, like the, the weather's been cooperating and all that, right? And I feel like it's like almost every time I bring it up, right? But I gotta say, the weather's like all bad, and I, the reason why we bring it up because we as Californians we don't feel like this is normal. It's not right. Like <laughs> you know, that's the only reason why we bring it up. I feel. You know what I mean? Because, and then on top of that, like, Ed always says, like, it's the treachery to get up here. Like, it's a whole treachery. every Tuesday. (laughs) I get a storm. I was like, bro, what what is up with this weather, man? And he's like, every Tuesday. (laughs) Dolphin noise. And (laughs) now if we get rain, it's not just rain. It's like a storm, right? It comes along crazy winds and everything else. Well, if the news is calling it terrible Tuesdays. (laughs) Is there? <laughs> is there ABC News like, yeah, everyone ready for another terrible well, Tuesday? Feels like that's every Tuesday. I mean, shoot, the last two Tuesdays, uh, we've lost power up here, where we've had to like grab food, put it in like the Yeti freezer, the Yeti, and then like bring it down because we're not sure oh, if we have shit. to like, because you know every, everyone sees like where we live. Yeah. Like the, the basically, if we don't have power, then we don't like none of our stuff works. No water, no electricity, like we no Wi-Fi, no cellular, so we got to go down. Oh my yeah, God! What did we do? That's California. Just, you know, oh my God! We're gonna lose our minds. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> anyway, um, well, so yeah, we do have Chef Ken um, joining us. She- uh, Chef Ken. I feel like I have to say Chef Ken because, like, no, you don't have to. Um, actually, Mike it, has been like, uh, like drilled it in my head. Like, if anybody has like. Uh, you know, chef in front of it, you always say chef Ken out of respect, right? Yeah, I appreciate that. Like, because, like, doctor, the same thing, like, yeah, chef like, Ken, you know, what? you know, no like, trainer Mike and trainer Ed. <laughs> so, yeah, I just want to, you know, kind of break down, like, you know, who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, I am a chef, obviously, um, but uh, yeah, I run a catering company out of uh, San Francisco. Um, we do weddings, we do Private dinners, pretty much, we bring the restaurant experience to you guys. Um, you know, I feel like uh, a lot of restaurants, I feel like that's kind of the trend that's going down. I mean, people still always want to go out and eat, but uh, I feel like a lot of people want to do more private dining nowadays, you know, especially after the pandemic. They don't want to be around a lot of people, um, you know, and you have a dinner at the comfort of your own house. Um, Makes things a little more enjoyable, you know. You don't have to find parking. I deal with screaming babies. Um, you know, <laughs> that's you my to, favorite. You get, to, uh, you get to drink as much as you want and all that. So, uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of people are kind of catching on to it, and uh, I feel like that's kind of uh, the new up and coming in the restaurant industry. So, uh, why did you want to join the table today? I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like uh, you know, I'm a bunch of I'm around a bunch of entrepreneurs. Um, maybe I can learn something from you guys. Maybe you guys can learn something from me. Um, it's nice to kind of, uh, you know, be heard and all that as entrepreneurs, you know, uh, a lot of times we don't know who to talk to because a lot of people don't understand, 
you know, what we go through and how our mind thinks. Um, so being on the table, you know, a bunch of with you guys, I feel like we can kind of uh, understand each other on, uh, you know, on a work purpose and all that. No, I love that that you say that because uh, uh, I always think of like doing this podcast as like we get to do it. Yes. Like absolutely. it's a privilege type of thing because not a lot of people get the opportunity to do stuff like this. Right, right. You know, so um, which which is, you know, actually one of our topics, like one of the great things of being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know, um, and actually this is this is something that, you know, me and Mike talked about as we prep for our, you know, the table call. So I'm going to just, you know, throw it over to Mike and kind of set the context <laughs> over the topic and let's just get right into the topic number one. Yeah. yeah. Which we're going uh, backwards. Backwards. <laughs> yeah. like, that's definitely not topic number that one. Is, that <laughs> is actually topic number three. That is the last one. But <laughs> we are going backwards today. Oh, typical. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I think when people think about what the best part of, you know, entrepreneurs, everyone always talks about schedule or like. Oh, it must be so like you must be so happy that you get to create your own schedule and like do all this other stuff or have like the freedoms and everything that people think comes with being an entrepreneur. Um, In reality, I mean, my business celebrates ten years this week, right? So we'll be at ten years. Congratulations! Ten years this year. Yeah, Yeah. awesome. So like you know, it's 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 been now I have a little more freedom in my schedule, but I I found a way being the consistent entrepreneur that I am to fill that time with more businesses or more <laughs> more podcasts or like you know more things more things to, to do um so i mean and you don't really get the freedom to have you know a, an easy schedule no. i mean you can you can make the choice to have an easy that's schedule but that's going to directly hinder your income what mm-hmm. your productivity levels are going to be your execution all those other things so i think the the freedom or the best part about being an entrepreneur is kind of the freedom to kind of direct yourself and push yourself to any heights or levels that you want to, you know, the Mm -hmm. ability to be like, Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, at a a regular job, you can have a ceiling, you can be a general manager, you can be a AM or whatever, you can be a CEO, you can be this, but there's a ceiling in that Mm -hmm. aspect of things. But when you're an entrepreneur and you start your own company or companies like we have, you know, you can kind of, you can, you, you dictate where your ceiling is or what you want to do. So you have that freedom in order to do it. Does it come with a cost? Absolutely. You know, is it seven days a week? You know, for us, like, especially like in one of our fields, in one of the fields, like, especially me and the one that me and Ed are in with dogs, it's seven days a week, 24 seven, this is what you're doing. And I'm assuming that's a lot like everything else, like everyone else that we're doing, whether it's media, whether it's cooking, whether it's, you know, real estate, whether it's, you know, property management, whatever, all the things that we do. Uh, you know, it is essentially a seven day a week job and you, in order to be successful, at least in my opinion, a successful entrepreneur, you have to be passionate about either what you do or why you're doing Absolutely. it. So instead of being like, I'm just going to go to this job to get a paycheck, right. you know, or to, you know, do this. And I kind of like what I'm doing, but it's just a paycheck. It's not as fulfilling as I think, as I would, as I feel when it comes to like, you know, like for example, Tuesdays, I'm pretty strung out because of the work week I have prior that goes into, <laughs> into media day. So I'm I, a I wanted bit. to ask you today, Mike, I was like, Mike, are you okay? I was just tired, man. Like, never. never. Okay. Well, so like, you know, for, every, for everybody, never. like we've mentioned before, like my schedule essentially on Tuesday is, you know, it goes through the whole week. Then I have my daughter from Sunday to Tuesday. And like, I'm a helicopter parent. So I really sleep in the middle of the night because I'm always worried about my You're kid. What? What's it called? Helicopter parent. Helicopter so I'm like always like making sure my kid is okay. Like I, and I wake up early anyway. So okay. I get like two or three hours of sleep. <laughs> and then we go into media day where it's podcast, podcast, content, content. So the, the, I end up being a little bit more tired by the time it comes to the table which is why i gotta like <laughs> save my social energy battery so yeah. to do it so i can talk like this for you guys so 
But I mean, I think the, the beauty and the, the best part about being an entrepreneur is essentially having the freedom to kind of dictate what your own path is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's one of the greatest part about it. But you do pay a cost for that. So for those who think about entrepreneurship as being this like glamorous life of, you know, being able to pick your own schedule. Yeah, you get to pick your own schedule, but you have to make your schedule complicated because you have to work twice, if not more times as hard than the person that's working for the job to get exactly what you want on your own terms. Yeah, solid. I, I really think I think one part of it that you said, Mike, uh, that really related is doing something that you're passionate about, right? Yeah. I mean, for most people I know, and there's some people that have a job and they love it and they love what they do, but for most people, even if they love pieces of it, there's a lot that they don't love about it what they do every day and i think that's kind of what helps you drive it and i think there is a part of it at least for me where you do all this you know you work seven days a week and tons of crazy hours to get to a point where you can build that kind of freedom right um and you know sometimes you become so passionate about what you're doing that you just keep it even when you don't have to when you could cut back but i think the the goal is always um you know at least for me is finding a way to hey take all this grind keep growing with it keep changing a little bit and turn it into something a little bit more free definitely. um yeah but definitely when it's something you're passionate about it is itself a, its own sense of freedom yeah i mean like i think that you know what roman was saying too is like when you take all this grind like and then you can kind of go and do something else it's also i think what's cool about it and like being passionate about it is you can share that passion with other people who are coming in so you can take what you're doing I'm like all right cool now you can go in place and do this i can go ahead and develop this mm-hmm. and go to that kind of similar to what we do in dog training it's like we could build this stuff up, build primal. I could be like, all right, guys, you guys manage this. We're yeah. going to go ahead and do can I shoot, can I you, war room, friggin' the table, the drinks and dogs, the what, whatever, name, uh, countless other things we're doing. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ken, you want to jump in or Ed? I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think passion is number one. You know, you have to. You have to really want to do this, you know, as an entrepreneur. You can't, uh, you know, people are always like, oh, I want to I make money. I want to make money. Everybody wants to make money. You know, but for me, money is a byproduct of my success. You know, I'm not doing this to make money. Yes, it's important for me because I have to eat, I have to pay bills and all that. Um, but my number one reason why I got into this was uh, my passion for cooking. And also, secondly, I found a problem in the industry. You know, uh, everybody goes to weddings, wedding food is crap, shouldn't be crap. You know, you know, people are paying so much money for this. And, uh, you know, why can't they get good food? You know, why can't they have an amazing dining experience for a wedding? You know, so my, that's one of the reasons why I did this. And, you know, everybody loves food. Who doesn't like food? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like uh, for me, like I would like say like, yeah, I mean, filming is is something, you know, really that I'm passionate about. But I think for me, the best part of being an entre- entrepreneur is really um, just living on my terms. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, I started out by saying like, hey, you know, we get to do this podcast. Like it's a yes. privilege. And I feel like um, it's a privilege to, to run a business, to have the opportunity to do it. But, you know, going along like, oh, it's just not like a schedule thing, but more or less like I get to do it on my own terms. Yeah. No, I like I don't know if my, me and Mike talk about this a lot. Like we have a problem with authority. Yeah. And I'm not saying like police or anything like yeah. that. I'm just saying like. You know, I never, like, when teachers would tell me things to do, like, I was like, yeah, like, okay. Like, you know, parents, like, always had this, you know, we talk about a lot of cultural expectations, like, oh, you should go to school and do this, da, da, da. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So, I just, I don't know, this 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 like, part of who I am where it's like, I gotta, I gotta do this on my own terms. I can't yeah. listen to nobody. 
And, you know, I work like retail jobs, like, you know, right out of college and things like that. And on that note is like, I always wanted to build something that, um, that I can like, you know, show my passion and have that, you know, collaboration versus like, oh, you're my employee type Mm -hmm. of thing, um, with other people, with other like-minded people to, to do this, you know, to, again, like when we talk about passion, like if you're passionate about directing, let's work together, Mm -hmm. you know, so we can like produce something that is actually really nice, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I love, I love, I love that we can pick and choose who we work with. I think that's another Mm -hmm. cool thing about, you know, being, uh, an entrepreneur, um, the collaboration aspect of it. But yeah, I mean, those are, those are probably like my top, you know, just to live on our own terms and get to choose who we work, get to work with. And mm-hmm. to be quite honest, like when it comes to like canine use of like, that's why we're doing this together. Like we, we all chose to do this together as a, as a, you know, friends first and foremost, but we saw like, Hey, we have all these, you know, things that are common uh, for a common goal. Like why, why can't we do this together? You know, we, ch- we chose this lifestyle and chose to do it together. So I really enjoy that part of it, you know, so, so Ed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the whole working together thing is totally different from like a nine to five too. Sorry. I'm, I don't think I could look that way and speak in this, but Ed is like, we got another Chinese man here today. <laughs> Thank God. We got representation. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think one of the fun parts of being an entrepreneur is like, the efforts that you put into your business almost like directly influences how your business is going to do versus like a nine to five. I mean, maybe not all nine to fives, but you know, there's some lazy people, some people that bust ass, but even if you bust ass, it's like depending who's above you, that's going to control if you move up or get more pay. Right. But for us, I feel like if you put way more effort into either the marketing or the business side of your stuff, you can see those numbers kind of change. Yep that week that month whatever and i think that's like the fun chase part of the business yes. it becomes addictive almost mm-hmm. yes it's like a high of some sort yeah and then if you're lazy it's only going to affect you it's not like yeah you're still going to get that same paycheck if you're lazy and you're in your business yeah i mean the harder you work at what you do the more you're going to reap the benefits of it whereas a nine to five harder where you work you might not get compensated for your hard work you know so uh i think that's one of uh the main highlights of being an entrepreneur is the amount of work you put into it dictates how much you're going to earn or how successful you are. That's a, and that's a good, that's a really good point since like entrepreneurs kind of been like the, the two thousands rapper, every, you know, everyone wanted to be a rapper, <laughs> you know, but like entrepreneurship, like, you know, cause it's all glamorized, especially with social yeah. media, but you know, just like what Ed and what chef was saying, like, you know, it's very much like you are, your results are, for the like 99 percent, unless you get some like picked up for something you know blown up on social media viral or whatever like whatever like your efforts are directly correlated to your success mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think I, I really like like hearing what you guys have to say about um you know like your passion and i think it's easy to say i don't say easy to say i would say like i can speak for everybody that we, we all love what we do right um which you know i think when to bring up the topic what mike said about like hey you get to you know share this passion with other people um and which is going to actually be the next topic is like how we communicate um how we translate that to other people and i think you know the question is like how how or why is it important to communicate to other people when you're in business because in my opinion um 
you have to be able to translate a common goal, right? If you don't have a common goal, like a, an end point, like end in mind, no matter how, how much you communicate to them, it's, it's going to get lost, in my opinion, right? It's like you're trying to get from point A to point B. Um, you know, if I can't communicate that with you, then there's an issue, mm-hmm. right? So, Roman. Yes, sir. <laughs> what, how important is communication in business? You know, I, I think it's key, but there's actually the more important part. I think every business or like a new project, even, you know, if it's something small, starts off with communication, right? Everybody has this goal and this is what we're going to do and this will be the numbers and it's all exciting. But really where those stuff fail is when the communication kind of cuts, you know, um, as time goes, whether it's, you know, unscheduled, like there's nothing really scheduled or scheduled changes and you guys aren't continuously talking about that goal. Where it's just, you know, you go back and you look at it, you know, oh, yeah, six months ago that we said we're going to do this. Well, you know, times change. And most people set, like, these really big goals for this is what we're going to do for a year. But nobody really thinks about what's going to happen this month, this week, these days, right? And I know that, you know, through the different businesses I've been in, working with people, working under people, the most I've been successful is where it's metrics, right? Every day we're looking at, hey, how much of this is done? Um, what do we do every week? You know, when I... You know, it always relates back to, you know, kind of where my forte is, the whole real estate stuff. Like when I started killing it and doing well in real estate and, and buying off market properties is when we were looking at every single day, how many phone calls went out, how many offers were made, how much time was spent. And then every week looking at, OK, you know, this week we did these many calls. These are how many properties we got. And then at the end of the month, it always correlated. Not one month showed different. Like if we had more calls that month, we bought more properties so it's really based on kind of what you do every single day in relation to like the outcome of that goal and i think most businesses at one point or another get lost it gets lost and it's just like how fast you kind of come back to it get back on track and focus on the smaller day the smaller picture the days and the weeks and the months i almost feel like yearly goals and you know what's going to happen in five years are so irrelevant because all that matters is what you're focusing on, you know, day to day, week to week, month to month. Yeah. I mean, uh, so to clarify, follow up question is the communication aspect with you and your team is really about like looking at metrics and be like, Hey, the goal is to do, you know, close more business or get more houses like closed. But how you do that is by, looking at your metrics yeah it's like you know let's say you know the goal is to get six off-market properties a month right and you know for me i know that what that looks like is 80 to 100 calls a day you know (laughs) yeah talking on the phone for three hours so it sounds funny it's like oh what are you talking about but it's like literally if you have three to four hours of conversation that day and you're making five offers every day you're gonna get you know, about six houses a month. Like I can pretty much guarantee that to anyone and anybody doing less, like, you know, I've I've been around a lot of other people buying off market property. Nobody really is hitting more numbers than that. If they're not having that much talk time or at least offers put out. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ed, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go. Man, skip me on this one. Let me think a little bit. (laughs) All right. Okay. Pass it on to somebody. Okay. Pass it on to somebody. Yeah. All right, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I finally have another Chinese man. <laughs> oh, all right. Because well, I already have an idea of what they might say. But okay. to you, or 
to hear from you, it'll be something fresh. So, so communi- I mean, communication is key with anybody you work with. You know, uh, you know, we're communicating right now, trying to get our voice heard. Uh, but communication is, uh, I think, huge if you want to have a set goal or you want your team to, you know, meet your goal. Um, with communication, I feel like you have to kind of uh, learn about who you're talking to. So uh, if I'm talking to G and I'm trying to communicate to him, I have to learn how he thinks. I hate your you answer. Know? Why? Because you, t- you took my answer. Go for it, go for because it. Because everybody yeah. thinks differently. Everybody's uh, raised differently. So they all have different upbringing. They all have different mindsets. Uh, one thing that got me to be kind of successful at marketing was I read a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's been around forever. You know, it talks about... Uh, you gotta learn about the person you're communicating with, uh, what their motives are, what their goals are, and then kind of uh, when you communicate with them, um, work towards how to achieve their goals at the same time as achieving my goals. So it's all about how to find uh, how to relate to the person. You know, if you want to, uh, if you want to get more sales, what does what is his what is his motive of getting sales? Money. So if he just wants money. Then you know you're like, all right, let me just give him a bunch of accounts, see if he can handle it. If he wants to learn uh, how to do certain things, then you educate him, you know, and then you fi- you know you kind of find a common motive where you guys both win. That's, so that's kind of how I've learned to communicate with the people I work with, communicate with my clients, communicate with anybody, is to kind of just learn from the person and how they think and how they were brought up. I, I like that answer. I feel like. Um you know, like I said, it was, it's totally my, it's totally my <laughs> answer. Um, but I also feel like, you know, when it comes to like a non-employee, I feel like it's the same way with literally any type of relationship that you have, business or personal or whatever, mm-hmm. family, anything. I think, you know, finding a way to get to them is like the, is like the heart of being an entrepreneur because we're all problem solvers at the end of the day. And I feel like that kind of comes down to like problem solving. Mm-hmm. Like what does... This per- how can I help this person get to the same goal as you mentioned? I feel like that's like an unlock that a lot of people like, I, I feel like don't see, especially when it comes to sales, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, a lot of people say finding an angle in a sense, mm-hmm. you know? But that sounds a little more cynical in yeah. a sense, but it's really just solving a problem. Like what does it mean to them and how, how can you leverage that to help them, Yes, right? to get, again, get back to the goal that you have, mm-hmm. right? So I like that answer a lot. Uh, I feel like, you know, when it comes to um, personal stuff, like that's a, where real relationships like kind of thrive. Um, and when it comes to business side of things, that's where I feel like you can really win if you know how to properly communicate um, on that level. So, and uh, I, I'll go last on Ed because he needs to think, but. <laughs> I got it now, actually. I'm ready. All right. All right. Let's go then. Well, let's bounce off of how you're talking about how it can be like for non-business relationships too. Yeah. I think communicating, you need it on both ends where both people equally speak up. Because I feel like in a lot of business slash personal, there's somebody that's going to like just go with the flow. And Mm. I feel like after you go with with the flow too much, sometimes they're like, you know, say you're like six months in. going with the flow and you're like man i really hated all those things that i agreed with (laughs) so i think it's better if somebody just speaks up in the beginning rather than like sweep it under the floor and let it build up and i think that can yeah go any way personal or business and it can benefit anybody to do that 100 percent. 
for it, Mike. Oh, great. <clears throat> no, I mean, everything, you know, everything you guys said is pretty much like, you know, spot on. I mean, it's kind of what you're saying, you know, Chef, is like, you know, you have to know your audience, right? Like, and no matter what arena that you're communicating in, you kind of have to know your audience, who you're speaking to, whether it's the sales, whether it's you know, your partners in business, whether it's, you know, people working for you, you have to understand who they are in order so you can communicate the most effective level, right? Um, you know, I think in the personal and in, in personal relationships, you know, people, you know, kind of wonder why they're like, I'm as transparent as I am. And that's main, one of the main reasons is, you know, personal relationships, I'd rather be as transparent as I can be so people can understand like exactly what to expect um, from me or what I would expect, you know, versus from them. And that's why transparency is always key. Kind of like what Ed was saying, you don't want to be like the person six months later where people either assume that you're quiet and you don't really care or that you're just holding back things. And eventually you're just like, well, dolphin noise this like i'm kind of done with this thing um you know and, and in that way in the personal relationship and business you know one thing i've i've kind of learned over the years is in the beginning i would always be very vocal as far as what why what the goals i had and what the things i was working on and i was like constantly like okay well, we're doing this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and you i, I noticed that it, it did a couple different things or a few different things to my staff or the people that i was working with either one they'd be like, oh, heck yeah, that's cool. And they'd get all giddy for a little bit, you know, a little bit of motivation. And then it kind of, you know, Fizzle that, it fizzles out for a little bit when they don't see the plants come to action in the time frame that they thought that was going to happen, right? And then it comes up later and they've already kind of fizzled. <clears throat> um, the other one, they can be intimidated by the, you know, the grandeur of the goal. Now they're kind of hitting back. Like, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if it's something like there's going there. Or the third part about it too, what I found out real common in the last year or so, or a couple of years, is a specific amount of jealousy that happens within you know, within a small group of people, like where it's like, well, you got that. So like, why can't I, you know, something has happened. So I've learned that it's in when I've in the leadership role that I've kind of, I've have is that, you know, there's things to share with certain people there are things to keep back until it's ready to come out. And then you say, it, and then it's done. Right. So like, there's those people that say like work in silence and in certain cases you should work in silence, but in some cases it's better to talk about what you wanted to do, especially when you're looking at it in the leadership role in order to incentivize people to either work harder or kind of gauge it where it's happening, right? So seeing those different things in partnerships, when it comes to business partnerships, you know, the, I think communication is, you know, is vastly important, you know, which is why we typically try to talk at least once a week um, or at least have some form of conversation. And that way we can kind of continuously stay on the ball and continuously, you know, keep that snowball effect rolling because, you know, like what Ed was saying, even uh, earlier when it came to, you know, the entrepreneurship, you know, you get what you, you get what you, you put in. So, you know, typically, you know, you, I've, you know, kind of been like the pusher a little bit, like in the group where I'm like, all right, like we'll do this, do this, do this. So we can kind of constantly roll. But I mean, I think the the communication aspect in any relationship, business, personal, whatever level of, you know, that is vastly important. You know, that's just, that's how, you know, life essentially should be. And that's coming from me who, Dogs essentially taught me how to communicate over a decade ago. So, no, it's funny you say the personal stuff because uh, it's like, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I was listening to earlier. They were saying something along the lines of like, um, I like there should be like some people dating only for a couple of weeks, but they end up dating for like years, and they're like, wait a minute, I don't really want this. You know, you know, like I was like, yeah, you don't want to be in that, end up in that situation, not only on the dating side, right? But like literally anything, yeah. literally any type of relationship. Like, I feel like people are just get too comfortable in yeah, a sense. They settle. Yeah, they yeah. settle. 
and like or to maybe too scared to speak up or maybe too like all right it'll work out you know we just keep at it you yeah. know and i think i think just in a general like you know maybe this is a general blanket say but i feel like if people are more cognitive of how they feel and what they want to communicate and just communicate i think we should we could have a better world yeah <laughs> you know what i mean well, I think in general too, it's like because kind of what you're describing is like the honeymoon phase, right? Like in any in any relationship, whether it's your business, personal, whatever, there's that excitement, there's that you know that honeymoon phase where it's like, oh, we don't, we don't, we don't yeah. really mind the work at that point because we're so enthralled with what's happening. But once that honeymoon phase goes off, I mean, and any relationship, you know, in personal relationships, whether you're fiance, girlfriend, boyfriend, married, not married, whatever the hell they call it nowadays. You know, it's, it's, you know, I don't want to defend anybody. Situationship. Uh, yeah, situation. <laughs> current <laughs> status. Um, but like, you know, it, it's always work. It's always work. And no matter how good the relationship, people have to put in the effective amount of work. So communication is part of that work. Communicating how you feel, communicating and understanding or listening to someone else's version of communication. It's always work. And I think that's where people fall off. You know, we talk about the laziness that our culture is now developing. You know, it's also the same thing where people just get too easily, have too much easy access to voice how they feel instead of listening. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go online and write a tirade about how I feel about this or whatever instead of like actually taking in information yeah. and being like, oh, you know, so communication is work and that's part of every relationship and it should be. It was a two ears. You know, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason type of thing. You know, it's mm. like a like fact of life where it's like, you're not learning if you're talking. Yes. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. All right. So you don't sleep, Ken. <laughs> no, I mean, I sleep. I, I sleep. Sleep is so valuable as I, as I get older, you know. When I was young, I, you know, I could go party for three days in a row without any sleep. Now it's like I get up, I'm tired. <laughs> I, think, I think you're the oldest one here. Am I? Yeah, I think so. I'm turning 39. What a way to just like blow yeah, someone's spot up. Call hey, 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 I... The older you get, the wiser you are. Thirty-nine man. years like, of wisdom like, yeah. and stupidity, and <laughs> well, um, we're gonna okay. Last topic for for the table today is confrontation. This is something I feel like I early on in business, and like or maybe two, not even say two, only like three, four years ago, I would avoid confrontation. I don't think anybody likes confrontation. Yeah. And I mean that on both ends, you know, especially in business, right? Um, the question is for the table is how do we as entrepreneurs deal with confrontation? Because it's going to happen one way or another, right? And like recently, like Roman, if you don't mind me just kind of putting this <laughs> out there, me and Roman kind of got into it recently. But I think I called him and we're like, yo, like, this happened and this happened. Like we had, we had this common goal of like, all right, we got, we got to do something here. We got to get the, the tasks that are, that we're collectively working on and having that common goal in mind, we hashed it out. And I think in my opinion, confrontation is absolutely necessary to push the, push the goal. Right. And I would, I wouldn't follow that up with sometimes, if not most times, like, confrontation leads to maybe even better relationship because you're getting you're voicing your opinions and I, th I feel like even when it comes to clients the harder I've worked on them with like the harder clients that I've had are actually now my best clients 
because we've we've communicated <clears throat> each other's points, mm-hmm. right? But when it comes to confrontation, um, I mean, how do you guys deal with it? Anybody want to just jump in? I mean, I don't. I think kind of uh, <clears throat> confrontation can kind of have like a weird like when you hear it, like you get like a weird feeling to it, right? Man. I think it all kind of falls into like levels of communication, right? Like sometimes you have to be, you know, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail, you know, like that's just kind of where it's going to go. Like sometimes someone has to be like, you have to speak up as far as what your thought process is. And, you know, if it's, I think the most important thing when it comes to a confrontation is if you're, if it's in the business setting and it's something where people don't really like, you know, maybe not be understanding of certain things is like, you have to listen to the person that maybe has those concerns and then, you know, listen back versus get defensive and be like, you know, be protective over something where it's if you have the same goal, then it's not really like a confront. It's not really like a confrontation. It's more of just like an elevated level of, you know, debate. discussion or debate. Right. Yeah. And then if you're passionate about something, then it's just going to escalate into a specific manner. Whereas if it's I, the way I view confrontation is in like a form of like disrespect. Right. Or they're like, you know, in like in the, the dog training field, you know, you get a lot of people who are very passionate about their animals like it's their babies it's all this other stuff and you know they've their uncle's been having dogs for 30 years or they've been raised around dogs and they have all this diluted self-confidence and understanding what dogs are so they're very coming in in a very defensive way in the beginning when they come to learn about or come to train their dogs they're like oh i i get that i understand that and then you kind of have to wear them down a little bit and have share like some information gradually and kind of go into it then you get some people who are just like well you know my dog i mean i've had i've had a conversation it's actually funny there's a yelp review on our page where <laughs> someone said that i i only show up to work uh to throw tantrums which is not, not, <laughs> which is like not real like at all i'll give you the background story and it, mike it, why do you do that mike yeah. God damn. <laughs> it's, it's, you know it's gonna be a good story when they say it's coming from a yelp review i know <laughs> so this is this is a true confrontation in my opinion. Like this was confrontation. There was a a person. I'm not going to give you know what it, whatever. Is it binary? Or what the hell? What are these? What are these people calling it now? <laughs> the uh, gender. Whatever. He, she, they. Yeah, it was a porpoise. Uh, a porpoise? I don't know. It's what? a thing. A turtle. They identify as a turtle. I don't. Know. <laughs> Going down. <laughs> but anyways, so the this person had a but was being a jerk to my staff. Uh, so it escalated to the management. Management's Aaron being a jerk to the management because just essentially we weren't that they weren't putting in work at home with the dog they were coming to lessons they did a board and train they weren't holding it accountable weren't doing anything they were not following up they basically thought the dog was gonna be some programmable robot they wanted us to like where it states in our contract we don't do home visits or anything like that they wanted us to bend over and they're being rude so finally it escalated to the point where they had to talk to me myself i'll be a hundred percent transparent and this is like if someone i can take a lot until i can't take anymore and then when I can't take any more, then like my tone will shift. I won't be as nice as and accommodating as I typically will because as a business owner, you want to diffuse, right? You never want to confront and be like, no, you're wrong. You know, you're dumb, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to do that, right? You have to diffuse the situation in order to get a proper outcome because again, you're dealing with someone who's a little more defensive already coming into it. So, you know, I started off the conversation with like, okay, I understand what you're saying. I was like, but we can't do that. This is what we can do. We've already done this we've already done extended stays we've already offered more lessons we've already had multiple conversations we've already done this we just can't do this one thing and the reason why we can't do it it's not because we don't want to it's because it's not for the benefit of your dog and your relationship didn't understand didn't take it didn't care raised her voice said a bunch of mean things to finally where i was just like you're being very disrespectful 
I was like, you know, this is the time, you know, I said it, you know, said a few times, definitely. I interrupted her, cut her off. Oh, dang it. I interrupted, I cut it off a bunch of times and I finally just like had enough. And then it went into a return where I was just finally, it was like, you know, the person on the other end was like, well, you're just being, you know, rude and disrespectful. I was like, no, I'm just being the same way that you've been to myself, my yeah. staff and every, cause I've heard conversations with this person on speakerphone while they're talking to other ones. And, you know, we've recorded some stuff. So I'm like, I was like, now I'm like, you're being rude. It's like, so I'm just treating you the way that you've been yeah. treating us. I was like, and she's like, well, you know, this is like, you know, this is a uh, professional. Like, well, you've been very professional as well. You know, it's all been documented. So we're fine here. And then they write the, this is the part we talk about when it comes to like people having too much freedom of speech. Yes, I said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, have, have the ability to, you know, write things. It's like, then you can go out and be a, you can blatantly go out and lie about something because you are unhappy with that. So it has become, we are kind of in a system where confrontation with client, clientele, you do kind of have to take that, like, you kind of just kind of have to take it on the chin a couple of times. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there comes a specific level of responsibility. And this is why I'm 100%. Okay, I think Yelp should have a reverse Yelp as well, where you can leave. Yelp. No, I, I think I think there should be a Yelp where you give people Yelp scores, and if you don't get it, and if you get a bunch of one star for being a you know a crappy client, then people can have the right to refuse service to you. And I think that should be there. Should be if there's a way to communicate this negative experience that you thought you had, or you were just unhappy because someone didn't bend over backwards for you, and you can write these things about them. You should be able to get things written back about you too. The person that owns the business should not be the one that always gets taken, you know, taken advantage of just because we're afraid to lose clients because someone might spread false stuff about mm -hmm. you. So I believe that there should be some form of back end on that mm -hmm. when it comes to confrontation. So I think confrontation in, in business with clientele, obviously you guys all know being entrepreneurs, it's a very weird tightrope walk, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. When it comes to business partners and even in personal relationships, I think my business relationships and personal relationships are similar in a sense because I'm a different person with the people that I, I work with who are like you guys, for example, you guys get to see essentially who I really am all the time. And then, you know, same thing with my fiance, you get to, they get to see like, you know, who I am and then work, you know, people I work with, they kind of see the same thing. And, you know, people outside of that don't, <laughs> and then I'm a different, I'm a different person in that sense because of the transparency aspect of it when it comes to those things. So confrontations with these guys, confrontations, I don't say confrontations with, you know, with uh, my fiance, it's, it's just elevated levels of, communication mm -hmm. in a sense because obviously i'm passionate about certain things we have similar goals so that that energy can get brought up a little bit mm -hmm. you know and it can be escalated a little bit but as long as you're listening and you're as long as you're voicing the opinion and you're listening to an opinion and you can find that middle ground without getting defensiveness letting your ego get in the way letting mm -hmm. all these other stuff happen and it's for the greater cause whether it's better in a relationship better in a company or doing both you know that's an important thing when it comes to confrontation yeah i mean like I said earlier, like damn, I talked forever. No, you did. It's, I think it's it's a great story, and I think people should definitely like listen to that. Um, but when it comes to confrontation, like for me, like it's always been like, oh, like I should always avoid it. And I realized like very <clears throat> on, like that's not productive. You know, <laughs> like it's not productive at all. Like, like you said, it's like elevated levels of communication. I feel like if I'm not being quote unquote confrontational. It's all in my mind. It's also like I'm not getting my voice out, and if I hold it in, like in hindsight, like it becomes like it's just held in, held in, held in. Then it's gonna blow up at one point, and that's when like things go bad, you know. So, like even, again, that goes back to, like personal relationships or or business relationships too. But uh, 
Ken, what do you think about confrontation? Well, I mean, how, uh, how do you deal with it? I mean, I, I, I avoid confrontation too, but I don't want to say I completely avoid it. Uh, when I come to a situation where confrontation happens, I try to de-escalate it so it's not, conf- it's not, conf- you know, it's, it's not confrontational. You know, I bring it back down to miscommunication. All right, so there's confrontation and there's miscommunication. So when I bring it back down. Now we can talk about it civilly. We can all hash it out because I feel like confrontation comes with ego, comes with, uh, you know, like emotions. Um, and that's when things get bad. When you think with emotions and your ego, that's when shit goes wrong. You know, when you bring it back down to miscommunication, then you're all on a plain level field. You're thinking right, uh, you're thinking right-minded and then you're able to kind of talk with each other, you know, about what is going on. What did I miss? What haven't I been able to... Uh, help you achieve because um, you know we all sometimes are misunderstood and that goes back to thinking about who you're talking to and how they think you know um, so um, it's not about avoiding confrontational it's about how to bring it back down to the points where we can all think straight and you know all that yeah yeah you know I actually really like Chef Ken's point there because I think there is two there is confrontation there's goods and bads to it and then there's definitely miscommunication. So I think it's learning over time, you know, and identifying what is what, knowing when you should be at, you know, let's say that lower level and be that person apologizing or that person knowing that, hey, you know, I did this wrong. But then I think it's always important to speak up. And I think for me over time, I've definitely been more of a person that does speak up because of the field of work that I do, but also just with, you know, different businesses and partnerships. I'm pretty straightforward with saying kind of my thoughts and and what I think is kind of going on. Um, like I know on my day to day, you know, I, when I'm working with sellers, like, you know, most, and the reason why I think I've been able to do well with phone sales and real estate sales is because I tell people like, Hey, you know, like, where'd you get that price from? Like kind of, kind of wild. Right. And nobody else does. Right. Most people are trying to play that friendly side. And then when somebody sees that you're real about it, you kind of earn their respect. So, I think it's important too, like when it comes to businesses, partnerships, you know, relationships to be that person that speaks up because most people don't. I would say that, you know, from when you see in the scale, like 95% are not going to speak up. So when you are that person, you're kind of that authority figure and, you know, you actually help progress things rather than it just kind of standard. Because most of the time when people aren't communicating, they're not speaking up, things just kind of keep going by right day by day. And it's just, um, I think Ed mentioned something about it earlier, but it just kind of gets brushed under and then six months pass by and it's a different situation than you thought just because mm-hmm. you let it be. Be what it, what, it, what it is, yeah. Yeah, I think depending on the type of confrontation, it comes with like a different type of communication too, right? You have to like see what fits best for that situation. And I think, well, for me personally, I feel like in business stuff, I'm almost on the more like rash side of the hammer part where like oh, i'm just tell them straight up like hella blunt or whatever and sometimes i'll i'll message other people like hey should i say it like this and then they kind of like <laughs> tell me not tone that shit down a little bit <laughs> but then i think on a business side that's how i am but then for personal like whether that's like dating relationship or with my parents i try to avoid confrontation i'm like hell no i don't i just push that shit back for how long <laughs> so yeah for me there's two different sides and there's like two different ways that i go about it and then i also think I can learn from both sides where one, I need to be more confrontational and then the other side, I need to be more, what do you say? Empathetic. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Well, you have Asian parents, so you can't be confrontational. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel like with the, that side, it's just you'll never win. No, you'll never you'll win. Never. Yeah, I think 100%. I think with that, it's, it's very much a time, right? Like sometimes, you know, you have to strive. Like even with the relationship, and I think a lot of people don't like accepting this, but with the relationship, whether it's a significant other or parents, you have to play a game almost like a business. Like you can't just, if you want to change somebody's mindset, you know, you have a spouse and you guys see difference on opinions, whatever it is. Like you have to play a slow game. And, uh, you know, it's a sale. I had my mentor who taught me sales. Literally, I had to, you know, I, I funded a deal and we had to take all of our savings that my wife and I had and we invested it. Yeah. And he's and when that whole deal came up, the one thing he taught me he said, hey, today, you know, you got to go talk to your wife about it. Make sure she's on the same page. This is going to be your biggest sale kind of in your life because that's going to this is going to change the trajectory of how you guys see on mm. on on things so you have to sometimes treat it as a sale whether it's your parents whether it's your your spouse and play the long game sometimes just like we do uh when we're working sales in, in our business <laughs> you know it's always funny that uh like i sometimes i hear couples like oh we don't fight <laughs> you know what i question mm. Like how long you guys been together? <laughs> like how how good is this relationship? Actually? Or who's just not communicating? <laughs> well, in personal relationships, you have to fight. Yeah. You know, with your significant other, you know, you have to fight because you know it's uh it's different than business because business is business, and uh, dating is personal. You know, and especially when you're in personal relationships, you know, uh, you're trying to mesh two lives together, not just two bank accounts together you know <laughs> that's that's true that's you're saying it's not, it's not transactional you know you, know, yeah, you uh, don't just move on exactly you, back up you don't just move on you know and all that but uh you know it's uh you know personal relationships are uh you know a little more tricky you know i feel like um you know i, I do treat my clients like you know friends and family you know I, I i talk to them you know i get to know them you know, and that's what brings clients back, you know, and I feel like that's great. You had to build a relationship with them, you know, um, but, you know, as a personal relationship, you can't just like be like, oh, I don't want to work with you. Anymore. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. I mean, you, you could. Know? You know, you could. It's called, it's called divorce. It's it, called breaking it is, up. And divorce. <laughs> but, uh, and divorce is very transactional. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can vouch for that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I haven't gotten to that point yet. Don't. But, don't. Uh, don't. don't, 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 don't do not. But, uh, I, that's I, a losing I, transaction. Yes. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I feel you know it's different between personal and business, and uh, you know, people always say don't mix you know business with pleasure, but or you know with personal. But uh, you know, I feel like sometimes we do have to as as business owners because uh, you know they are not not because they're the ones paying your bills, but they're the ones that you're helping as well. You know, so you want to be able to help them as much as possible, uh, whether whatever it is, you know. Cool. Well, that has been. I, I keep going. Like I keep going into like. Wait, I have voice. a I have a last question because I told Ed I'd ask this. So we want to get your opinion on yes. air fryers because I've been trying oh. to. Oh. I'm trying to I convince Ed, to, yeah, and I just try to convince Ed to go buy one. No. All right. So uh, so in the beginning, I hate air fryers because I'm just like, why is there another fucking appliance on the table? <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Dolphin noise. Dolphin noise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, my roommate has one, and uh, I've used it a couple of times, and I'm just like, okay, this is kind of cool. Right? Yes. So, Dude, those things are awesome. <laughs> I do like them. Uh, are you anti-air like... fryer? Oh, no, no, because you know how, like, my warehouse, I don't have, like, actual cooking appliances? Yeah. Yeah, so he was like, get an air fryer. I was like, I was thinking about it. Dude, I, I, Aaron yeah, made freaking McChickens, like, protein, you know, the protein thing I sent you guys? Yeah, yeah. Like, she, like, used the ground, uh, ground chicken. Yeah. Like made like the whole mixture and then like ten Spirit minutes in there. and like it was like a full blown like like 
healthy protein like thing with chicken exactly. that's what i was trying to convince ed i was like you could cook everything in there yeah. and it's no, kind of convenient you know that's the other part convenient. it's that's, convenient that's Absolutely. how i imagine like how like microwaves were when microwaves first came <laughs> these are the new microwaves yeah. right. i mean they're kind of like voodoo because it's like why does it taste like it's fried but right. i never understood how they work i just use it yes so right. I, we have to buy I approve one. of air fryers Absolutely. there you go there you go chef from the chef, <laughs> from the chef. <laughs> all right guys that has been episode number eight we're we're at number eight we're gonna hit double digits here soon but i want to thank uh chef ken for you know making the drive up here and joining us today thank you for Um, having me it was fun that was fun uh, maybe we should do this again, Absolutely. you know, maybe with some food next time. Hey, we pitched the idea. We pitched the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, me and Roman were like, dude, we could do it on the whatever the kitchen. counter thing. Dude. The kitchen. Let's make it happen. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> next Round one. two. Round two. There we go. All right, guys. Um, yeah, so go ahead and give us a follow on network.ptv on Instagram. You can watch all our episodes on Spotify. Uh, or watch on Spotify. Listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast from. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, all of our episodes on there. So go ahead and give that, you know, check those out. Um, Mike. Make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, following on everything. Leave comments, questions, anything you guys want. Make sure you guys are sharing this with your friends. Again, guys, we do this for free. Just make sure you uh, just uh, like, you know, Chef said earlier, you know, being an entrepreneur can be a little difficult. So having you know, ears, you know, to our actually not ears, <laughs> being able to listen to other entrepreneurs who are kind of going through the struggle. You got to have ears. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. you got to have ears. Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, I was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go out there and share this with your friends, uh, whether they're entrepreneurs or not. There's people just trying to learn more and, you know, listen to people who go into the same stuff that you're going through. So, yeah, leave comments. Yeah, comment on which air fryer Ed should get for his shop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what other topics we should do. There you go. Oh. All right, guys, see you next week.